You're listening to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I have a question for you. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the college recruiting process? You have come to the right place. Jill will bring you expert tips and interviews with special guests to help you take a deep breath and know, yes, you are moving in the right direction to find your college team. After this podcast, don't forget to head to Jill's shop page to purchase her two guidebooks that will make everything in college recruiting much more clear and simple. Let's get started. Welcome back to College Recruiting with Jill Hicks. I'm super excited about my special guest today. Um, It's Miss Val. past coach at UCLA and good friend of mine. And um, today we are going to just have some fun and talk about, I don't know, some things that I thought were pretty special. This last couple weeks, we were at Supergirl Power Camp in California together. We um, met with small groups of gymnasts. And I felt like when I came away that the topic was so good that I thought it would be great to um, swing back through it and put it in this podcast since there's so many JH girls that um, I think benefited from it. And then girls that weren't there, I think will really enjoy it too. So we're just going to hit on it lightly. Um, We learned a lot together doing it uh, about not only how this topic impacts the girls, but also a little bit about um, our interaction with the parents. So Ms. Val, um, take it away. (laughs) I mean, literally, Jill, we learned so much from this and it was great to have the small groups. And the first thing we started off with was just sharing with them a fact. And the fact is that in the over 9 billion, whatever, I don't know what the name is, the number is, of humans that have walked planet earth, that there has never been another you. And when you are no longer on this earth, there never will be another you. And you are here for a reason. You are unique. You are special. Even if you are an identical twin, you are not identical, identical in all ways. And it was really cool, Jill, to see their eyes just kind of open up and, and realize they're unique and everyone has a reason and a purpose. And one of our most favorite things in life, and I think Jill and I, you know, we're both in our up there, so we're in our third acts in life. And to find your purpose, your calling, what is that? Everyone has it. What is it? And we, that's how we started off our sessions. And would you agree that that was like really eye-opening for them? Yeah, you definitely sense they kind of sat up in their chairs. And I don't think we communicate that very often to um, even in our own families, with our own children, how important that is that they grasp that they are unique. I think more than anything, they're on social media so much, trying to compare themselves with what they're visually seeing and trying to become that instead of becoming their best them, whatever that is meant to be. And so I felt like it resonated with these girls in so many ways. To Absolutely. have it come out like, like we did <clears throat> in the beginning. Yeah. yeah, and what you just said, we hit we hit hard on this topic, and that is, 
that anytime you try to be like someone else, mm -hmm. as pretty as they are, as talented as they are, as good at gymnastics as they are, as smart as they are, the problem is twofold. You will never be as good at them being them as they are at being them. And they will never be as good at you as being trying to be you. Like that's, that's ridiculous to try to be somebody else. And the worst thing that happens is it really prevents you from becoming the best you that you can be because you're trying to be somebody else. So we touched on that quite a bit. And we, we asked the question, we went around the circle. There was like an average of like 12 athletes there. And we just said, what is it that trips you up every day that gets in your way from being the best you that you can be and from getting that like 1% better every day of, of being 1% better of the best person you can be, the best athlete you can be, the best friend, the best family member, the, the best scholar that you can be. What is it that trips you up? Almost every single one of them said, I don't get enough sleep. And when I'm trying to go to bed at night, I just can't get off my phone. Mm -hmm. And then Jill asked, would you like for your mom to take your phone away at night? And the majority of them said yes. And I was like, oh my gosh, all these red flags went off in my head. The first thing, and I looked at one of the, I looked at one of the athletes, she, and I said, can I go there with you? She said, sure. I said, how old are you? She said, 16. I said, really? A 16-year-old, you, you need to have your mother take your phone away. She said, yes. And then the other red flag was, if anybody, a mom, a dad, and anybody steps in to take their phone away, they're going to get pissed off at the mom or the dad. Mm -hmm. So this is a lose-lose situation. So Jill and I, we really tr worked to empower them to understand that you're in control of your health, mental health, emotional health, physical health. Thank God we have that wonderful example in Simone Biles now that took control of her mental health, her emotional health, and her physical health. And, and that was, I read somewhere today that Simone, that Sunisa Lee won the gold, but it, uh, Simone Biles won the Olympics. Incredible. That was Lee. That, okay, so we titled our time together as Our Choices in Life Determine the Life We Lead, or Our Choice. Yeah, Our Choices Determine the Life We Lead. So basically, what, what I want to encourage the JH girls today and families is that you are unique and your choices are gonna look different than anyone else's, and you need to walk into your very best you. And whatever that's gonna look like, it's gonna be different than anyone else, and you're gonna have more fun doing that when you are grateful, and you are kind, and you take the lead. And not wait for, for example, for your parents to you know, take the phone, out of your room because you need your sleep. For example, you know, you need to actually put your phone in a different room or because all those choices lead to the next morning and how your day's gonna go. 
and how gym's going to go and how school's going to go because of your focus. So I was just really amazed at how many girls procrastinate in the sport in that are gymnasts because I know their lives are really busy. I know they don't have extra time, but there's something happening where they are leaning on their parents to help them to stop, especially things that they could be addicted to. <laughs> and that mm -hmm. tends to be for girls, mm -hmm. the comparison thing and wanting to be liked and wanting to not miss out. So I think mm -hmm. that's why that this topic and, and we went deep with every group uh, so quickly. And then we talked to the parents and um, that was even more interesting and how the parents are often, and I have a lot of parents who listen to this podcast, um, doing things for their children because they feel like their lives are so full and so stressful. So they're taking over too much and they don't want their kids to struggle or have fear. Um, and we might as well share the book we were reading, Val. Um, you know, Gen Z. really where this all came from. Is yeah, it's, it's, called, it's called Gen Z Unfiltered. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's, it's really hard as a parent not to want to make your child's life easier. Right. There's also a component of it that parents, there's a lot on your plate. And you are so stressed out, it's actually easier for you often to do your child's homework. I mean, we've seen that. We've, we've seen, in college I saw that. I had to sadly have some meetings with parents, with the administration saying it's obvious you are doing your child's homework, uh, writing their papers. It doesn't match up with what they're doing in class. And the parents would just tearfully say, either I have so much on my plate, it's easier for me just to do it. Or they say, she has so much on her plate, I just want to alleviate some of the stress for her. And we get it, but parents that are listening to this, <clears throat> Jill and I really are, are hoping that you'll take a time, a timeout, give yourself a timeout, <laughs> and take a little pause and go back through your life and realize that the times in your life that you grew the most, that you really started the, the journey of self-respect and self-love was through the struggles. It wasn't through the easy times. It wasn't through whatever your parents helped you through. It was from you going through the struggles. And that is what we're seeing in coaching these young athletes that are coming up now, they're, they don't have that sense of self-worth, self-love, self-respect, self-pride, because the parents have taken it from them by doing everything for them. Exactly. And, and um, it is something that you have to consciously be aware of. I know being a parent of three, there was a time when I wanted to write my daughter's emails to those college coaches and I knew it was wrong and it was really hard not to do it. So I'm not coming from a critical, you know, pointing my finger. I'm saying we get how hard it is. And, and that was even how many years ago, 15 or, you know, quite a while, 10 years ago. 
So I just think we want to encourage parents, we want to encourage you girls to uh, really embrace your uniqueness and be patient with yourself as you learn and grow through the tough times. It will be worth it. And even as you parent. So it's very empowering for um, when we, as college coaches, both Val and I, as we recruited, for example, girls, the ones who walked in our office and had their list of questions and took ownership of their recruiting, I didn't um, sometimes care how good they were because I was like, I need you on my team to have that kind of personality type. To I, I have to agree. I have to agree with you, Jill. A hundred percent, I have to agree with you. I was criticized by the quote unquote Jim Turnett by having people on our team, young student athletes on our team, allowing them to come on our team, that the Jim Turnett was like, they have no business being on that team. And I was like, oh, you have no clue about the character and the integrity and the grit and the humility and the compassion that they're bringing to round out our team. And it wasn't, I, Jill, I just, God, I just wish that we could get this across to parents' hearts. We know when a parent has written the email. We know, like in a, in a phone call, when the parent talks over the athlete, that's a red flag. That is not you saving your daughter from an embarrassing response. That is a red flag to us. Because as coaches, oh my gosh, we have, we have failed so many times over and over and over and over and over again. And we've gotten to the place we've gotten because we've picked ourselves up, dust ourselves off, and figured out the next right step. What's the next right step? And I remember so clearly the conversations I had with athletes on our team that weren't the, I mean, they weren't elite. They weren't U.S. national team members, but they came in with so humbly, but excited and they had questions ready. And even one question I got from a girl was, Miss Val, does, does UCLA pay for our, our hairspray? And I thought, I was like, part of my brain was like, oh my gosh, are you kidding? And the other part was like, this is so cool that she formulated her own questions. Mm -hmm. And she ended up on our team. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So I want to move into uh, another topic that I think are on, is uh, also on parents' minds and the girls. And that's the whole last two weeks of the Olympics, with, especially with the gymnastics women's team. And I have gotten, uh, every time I've met with my clients the last few days, I've asked them how do they feel? about what they saw and everybody takes a deep breath and feels like I think they need another two weeks to even let it settle in because it was so different than what everybody expected. But I keep thinking what, what how it hit me was, wow, that's real life, what Simone went through and that entire team. And how it started out with four girls and then two that were whatever you want to call it. You know, they, I don't know how they, the individuals, um, Michaela and Jade, um, and then in the end, because of what happened, it became a whole, a team of six 
And that was what I enjoyed so much was how they worked through all that they had to. And amongst the rules of going into it, what it looked like, they made great choices, it seemed. I mean, I know we don't know everything, but it seemed like um, they pulled things towards a unit, a unifying uh, situation that wasn't there when it started out based on just how the, you know, women's gymnastics is set up right now. And there were so many impressive things that had nothing to do with gymnastics, it seemed like, that were going on. And I think it impacted so many of uh, athletes in our sport and hopefully uh, coaches and parents. What do you think? What were your takeaways and what, how do you think it's going to impact overall? One of my, one of my biggest takeaways was um, it's very dangerous and it's very arrogant to ever assume someone's mental health. And even as a coach or a parent or someone that's very close to someone to assume that we know that I know what's going on mentally, emotionally in someone else is not only arrogant, it's dangerous in our sport. It is dangerous. So as we noticed, and a lot was talked about in ball sports in swimming, you know, Naomi Osaka had a, a horrible showing at the Olympics, sadly, but she didn't put her life at risk. And the truth is, and I read this somewhere and I think it's brilliant that our entertainment was not worth the risk of Simone risking her life for our entertainment. And um, that really resonated. Another thing that resonated was the fact that Simone Biles, being the greatest of all time, is a total team player. Because she pulled herself out, not only for her mental and physical well-being, but because she in that moment realized if she competed on the other events, she could have gotten through, watered down, had falls, mistakes, whatever, and to protect herself. But that would have prevented her teammates from earning a medal. And so she pulled out because of that. Then there was the criticism that how she can't be that bad if she's on the floor cheering them on. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was so clear to me that Simone Biles gave her team, her teammates, the very best she had on that day. That was the best Simone could give her team on that day. And she did it wholeheartedly because you know what? If I was Simone Biles, I want to be back in my hotel room with a cupboard pulled over my head sobbing, not out there cheering and chalking up and high-fiving and doing all this. So, I mean, there were so, 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 so many takeaways, including her coming back and competing a watered-down routine that she knew mathematically she could not win the gold medal with on beam. Mathematically, she could not win that. But it wasn't about the win. It was about getting back in the saddle, literally, and being able to perform, compete the routine that she knew she could, comp she could compete safely. And her joy 
when she finished that routine speaks volumes because it's not about medals. And parents who are listening to this, I mean, we just implore you to keep talking to your daughter and identifying what success really looks like. Because success, Simone Biles does not have a gold medal in this Olympics, and she could have come away with another five or something like that. But she had the most successful Olympics of her life, far more successful than 2016 when she came away with gold medals. And it's really something we feel, Jill and I feel it's really important for parents to have the conversation with your daughter. What is success going to look like at the end of this competition season? And then what does success look like incrementally? Like what you're going to start competing in, whatever it's January, whatever it is. What is success going to look like then? And then on a daily basis, what does success look like? And make sure that you are not basing success on the end result, on the win, on the medal, on the score. Success is based on, wow, mom, I hate conditioning. I came home today and I had a really good attitude in conditioning. Wow, mom, my friend Jill was really struggling on bars and I made sure that I helped her on bars. Wow, mom, I, I cannot seem to, make, to not get the mental, the negative thoughts in my brain when I'm on beam. So guess what? Today I really took control and I was like, no, 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 mental thoughts. I'm gonna focus on positive thoughts and I really did a good job. That is success. You'd be so proud. I had Gracie on my podcast uh, this week. Uh, last week will be when I put this one out. And she was so authentic about her struggles with the chaos in her head, um, being a freshman, a sophomore, and not being a team player. Being, She wanted so bad to please you that she um, was... It, it turned into such selfishness. And once she started having more fun and cheering on her teammates and connecting with them, because she said she was not connected to her team at all, um, it helped her to relax. It helped her to enjoy what she was doing. And she, at the end of the podcast, just really mentioned to the girls how important it is, even in club, that they are having fun with what they're doing, um, which is really hard to do. But I felt like Simone was, well, the whole group, really. You could just see how when Simone turned it, flipped the switch when she had to, to be a team player right then in terms of, you can do it. She was going up to them and she was, you know, helping them realize I'm okay. So get out there, do what you're capable of. And they all relaxed and it seemed like, you know, each of them were able to be their, their best as well. Right. And, and in that, in that instance, she would have been far more of a distraction had she left the arena or stayed out, outside. She became less of a distraction by being there supporting her teammates. And I looked at that from a coaching perspective. I am less of a distraction if I'm upset with how they're doing. Parents, you are less of a distraction if you are focusing on the end result instead of, did you have fun today? What'd you learn today? 
Like, don't ever, ever, ever ask a question about the end result, ever, ever. And if they want to say, oh my gosh, mom, I won, I won beam today. Go, great. What'd you learn? Keep bringing it back to the process, the process, the process, because the end result is all about affidation that you have done, affidation, affirmation, affirmation, that you have done really, really well. And oh my God, I just did a podcast and I told every parent to go look up Dr. Shafali, hmm. the conscious parent. It's a book and it's a podcast. She's on Oprah all the time. Shafali, S-H-A-F-A-L-I. And she talks about, she's lovely. She's a doctor psychologist from India. And she has a very lovely way of just saying, every time a parent or a coach says, good job, so happy, so proud of you, they're actually, it's a reflection on them. It's not about the athlete. And so she goes through the, the TED talk she has and the Oprah interview she has and this book that I've read. And it's really, really interesting how we need to make sure that our words, our verbiage that's coming out of our mouth is not saying when she comes up and says, oh, I won beam, you go, I'm so proud of you. Okay, uh-uh, because when you say, I'm so proud of you, it's reflecting back to you. It's all about you and your daughter having to make you proud versus she says, oh, I won beam. You go, oh my gosh, was it fun? Did you have a good time? What were you feeling up there? That's great. Well, how is this different from other, I mean, go through the process, not the end result. Which really resonates with the recruiting process, the same thing. So if you're going on your trips and you're lining up your top 10 schools and you're connecting with coaches, but you're, you're getting some rejection, things, you know, real life stuff. If the goal is again, to win the school that you want, and that's the whole goal and purpose, odds are you're, you're not going to, that's not going to happen. It rarely happens that I see in my business, most of the time that first list we put together moves a lot, <laughs> moves around a lot. Isn't, isn't that just like life? And then you think of what happened at the Olympics with gymnastics. And actually that was a real life moment. Like they worked so hard to get there. And then because of what happened to Simone, they had to change it all up. And that's really what we want even in the recruiting process, or even when you're at the Olympics, how are you going to manage when things don't go your way, when things don't work out as you planned? That's what we want our girls to be strong in, in their life. And well, think about that, that, you know, it's important in life to plan and have a vision. Mm -hmm. And then it's really, really, really important to make a plan to make that vision come true. Then it's super important to work plan. However, life rarely, if ever, happens in plan A. Right? Life happens in plan B, plan C, plan D, down the road. And I love this Olympics with our gymnasts because it's a metaphor for life. We plan for plan A. And guess what? Plan A didn't happen. And we have to make a shift. And Winston Churchill said that success is moving from one failure to the next without any loss of enthusiasm. And I hate the word failure. So I just shifted it to success in life 
is moving from one obstacle to another without any loss of enthusiasm. That is exactly what our team did in Tokyo. We shifted. It wasn't just shifting to plan B. It was like down the alphabet without any loss of enthusiasm. And that is why Michaela Skinner was able to earn a silver medal on vault. That is why Sunisa Lee was able to earn the all-around gold That is why Jade Carey. That is why. That's why, I mean, one of the most impactful things for me watching these, these, uh, the gymnastics was watching Jordan Childs come in on the two events she wasn't supposed to compete on, bars and beam. She did better on those events than she did on the events she was supposed to compete on. Because she was doing it for her team. She was doing it for Simone. She was doing it for her teammates. It's like, that is the power of taking all of the noise out of the equation. And that's a very difficult thing for this younger generation to do because they're the only generation that has never known life without a smartphone and social media, which can be called anti-social media. But it's, it's incumbent on us coaches, on us parents, on us leaders, on us mentors to help this generation take control of their phone, of what they listen to, of what they allow into their brains, what they read, to silence the noise. So when people say to me, you know, Simone got the twisties because she was doing so many gymnastics skills, I'm sorry, I don't agree with that. Simone got the twisties because the noise outside permeated her walls of her safe space. Right. And I'm so glad that everybody in the world, all sports, many different people were shook by that because it brought to the attention the whole mental health piece, which has actually tried to surface this last year. And then that just made it the whole title in some ways of the Olympics was, and then she was such a good example, I thought, of how she turned things Right, but, the, but parents, think of your daughter. Think of how she fell in love with the sport of gymnastics. Flipping, mm -hmm. but that feeling of flipping mm -hmm. and twisting in the air. Think of that. And at what point did she start to lose that? It wasn't the gymnastics. It was the outside pressures that came from the coaches, the parents, her friends, social media, whomever. It wasn't the gymnastics. Well, I actually it, saw that there was, I don't remember where, on Twitter, whatever, there was some discussion that some of the girls really didn't do their very best or in all sports because of the social media. They're so into uh, being on their phones and getting, you know, what are people saying? It's hard to rest when you do that. It's hard to, uh, as we discussed earlier today, you know, having the discipline to put it away. So, you know, it's going to be one of the new challenges, I think, as a college coach, not new, but even more, especially with that new rule with the uh, name. NIL. Yeah. yeah. I think college coaches are going to be dealing with this even more where yeah. their girls are going to come in tired. They're going to come in more overwhelmed. It's just another layer of stress. So, I, I don't you know, know, Jill, it's it's what you said. The word rest mm -hmm. 
and think about this. If your daughter is coming home and she's exhausted and she's going in her room to quote unquote rest, she's probably on her phone on social media, increasing her anxiety, reading what she's reading, either having to compare herself to others or what others are saying about her. There's, that's not rest. <laughs> and parents, gosh, I have so much respect for you and, and the era that you're in right now. And whether it is by implementing rest through meditation and through um, practices, breathing practices, or whether it is through faith and religion, whatever, wherever you can find that true rest, it is incumbent on you to help your child develop that habit of rest daily because they will not experience that without your help. Good. Okay, new topic. Can you share a little bit about the tour coming up? Yeah. Okay, first of all, I hope you all have clued into Gold Over America Tour. Goat. Got it? Okay. And um, oh my gosh. So a few years ago, uh, production people, directors in, in Hollywood, like people that have worked with Dancing with the Stars and World of Dance and that just do all this fabulous stuff in the world of dance. Um, I got connected with them and they said, we want to do a Gold of America tour. And we want to, excuse me, we want to do a post-Olympic tour. And I was just like, I just don't want to do it if it's not going to be something different. And so they said, call Simone. So I called Simone and I don't know if, how many of you know, Simone had committed to come to UCLA um, back in the day before she went pro. So I've known Simone since she was like 14. I have wonderful stories about young Simone for another time. Um, but Simone was super, super excited about the fact that this tour is not going to be about medals. It's about gold. There's gold inside all of us. And so it's not about gold over America tour. It's not about medals over America. It's about, you know what? There's gold inside all of us. And it's going to be a really flashy rock and roll type of like the lighting package is amazing. LED screen, amazing. But we're also going to get down into, and we're going to showcase the mental side of it, the anxiety side of it. Caitlin Ohashi has written a beautiful, beautiful poem, um, a letter to her younger self about what she herself. Simone opens up about the stresses and the anxiety and being fractured and how she pulls herself back together. So there are so many moments that are going to resonate with every person that's going to be watching this. And um, I'm really excited because Simone has really been hands-on. I thought that she was going to have so much on her plate that she'd be just like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But whenever we talk about, you know, adding another cast member, she's like, what are they gonna, how are they going to bring something different? Like, what does Morgan Hurd bring that Caitlin Ohashi's not going to bring? And, and Michaela Skinner. And um, I, I don't think I was supposed to say that because we didn't. <laughs> We haven't put out a press release that Michaela's doing the tour yet, but whatever, she's doing the tour. She posted it. Um, she posted something. She did? Okay. Yeah, you're okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be really a feel-good, 
obviously female empowerment, not empowerment as in look at us, we are so amazing, we can go out and conquer the world. Female empowerment is like, let's own our truth. Let's own our health. Let's, if, if I'm not going to stand up for myself, then why should I expect anybody else to type of a thing? And um, it's going to be really fun and exciting and meaningful. All right. So the last question I have is, as we all know, you are retired, no longer living in the craziness of LA. So what I'm trying to encourage the girls to bring joy into their everyday life. And we often talk about things that they are trying to get involved in that have nothing to do with gymnastics. So what do you do in your retirement life that brings you the most joy? Ah, I love it. Um, yeah. First of all, as Jill said, you're not just an athlete. you like, you weren't born an athlete. You're born a whole human being and you, thankfully you're blessed with this really strong body and really strong mind. You chose the sport of gymnastics. You weren't born a gymnast. You are born a human with really incredible strengths and when you besides gymnastics you can use those strengths in a lot of other areas so getting back to what jill asked asked me um i don't know if everybody knows this but i moved to fayetteville arkansas um it is where my husband went to school he was a star football player here and i act and i also have the tremendous honor of mentoring jordan weaver who is the head coach here. So I'm loving it. I feel like I'm living in a holiday Hallmark movie setting. Um, I've lived in California my whole life, so this is crazy. But um, what I'm doing every day that brings me joy, truthfully, I, oh, you know what? I hate it when people say that. Like, why would I say truthfully? Like, everything I've said before isn't truthful. That's not good. Okay, I take that back. Um, what I do in my everyday life <laughs> as I'm here is I make sure to get outside every day and enjoy nature because there's a big, big difference from what God created and what man created. And um, to be able to go out in nature and see what, just go for, and I step outside, I don't know where I'm going, but I just go for a walk, whether it's 10 minutes or two hours. And I revel in what God created because I have the time now to be able to do that. And um, I think back to when I was coaching. Um, coaching is a t literally 24-hour-a-day job if you want to make it that. And I probably would have been a better coach if I would have taken me time. And time in the morning or time at lunch. Actually, it was after I got diagnosed with um, breast cancer. I love Pilates and I scheduled my meetings with my coaches at UCLA around my Pilates class. Cause that's how important it was to me. And I, that's when I became the best coach of my career. Wow. I love that. Well, thanks so much for joining me here at this college recruiting with Jill Hicks podcast. And we definitely have to have you back because I can think of a million topics that we could cover. So 
thanks again. And who knows who will be our next special guest, but I am excited about this one and I'm sure it's gonna resonate with a lot of parents, a lot of kids and even the coaches. I actually got an email today from a coach. I don't know at all. And she listened to Gracie and she pulled from that so many things. You would be just be so proud of Gracie. I, it's amazing. So my hope is that these podcasts really are um, uh, authentic and pertinent to what families are going through right now today. And so I really appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. all that you did. And um, I think it's going to be a good one. I just want to say one thing um, that you said earlier that I wanted just to touch on with parents and recruiting and the kids. Please make sure that your choices of, of schools that you're looking at, that you're really looking at how they are, they are a really good fit for your daughter emotionally, mentally, and physically versus the cool school to go to. And I know that Jill does an incredible job um, helping you all figure that out, but it's not about where her friends are going. It's not about the cool school to go to. It re- it's a hundred percent about the experience that she will have at that school. You know what Gracie so. said about what she would have, what she wished she would have done, like how she saw it going through it versus after it was all over was she, she said, this was so insightful. She was like, I wish I would have taken the time at UCLA to really connect with the alumni and ask them, why are they traveling? Why are they here? Why are they clapping for it? Why are, cause you know, you really did have quite a following. And she now looks at that and goes, I didn't even connect to that because I, I was so busy focused on myself, but that was like, I look back at that now and I would have wished yeah. I would have. And I thought, yeah. is that an interesting answer? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. We all do. Gracie spent her first few years with us trying to fit in, trying to prove that she fit in, which was so sad to me. And she really came into her own when she just let herself go and just focused on being the best her that she could be. And that was vulnerable and humble and a lot of tears. You know, why am I have this mental block on, on vault? And once she started verbalizing it, then we could help her verse. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm fine. You can't help someone that says that that's not being vulnerable. Okay, Jilly, we got to finish because this could go on for like hours. (laughs) Thanks everybody for listening. All righty. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast. If you're interested in Jill Hicks Consulting's advising services, head over to www.jhicksconsulting.com and click on the Get Started button to fill out your forms page. One of our advisors will give you a call. We're in your corner and we'll talk to you soon.